Hello, and welcome back to the Addicted to Healthy podcast, your one-stop destination for all things health and a kick-ass life. I'm Arantz, certified nutritional practitioner and health coach, and the host of the Addicted to Healthy podcast. So for those of you who don't know, I am also a PCOS coach, so I specialize in PCOS, uh, specifically around nutrition, lifestyle, and natural remedies. So I'm really excited to announce I have a new program that just opened... um, application spots so it will be launching in the new year but applications are now open so you can apply and then we can chat and see if you'd be a good fit but it's all about understanding the foundations of PCOS so you have access to my online course for life and this is going through basics understanding PCOS nutrition and remedies and lifestyle changes going through the different foundations that you need to apply to be able to start healing your PCOS and this is complete with resources, guides, um, audio, visual, homework, etc. And then, of course, you have access to me for one-on-one support, accountability, and to really hone in on your root imbalances. So this is the full deal, and this is going to be starting in January. So it's called the PCOS Transformer Academy. If you are interested, you want to check out more. I won't be talking too much about it today, but I will definitely be mentioning it throughout the next few weeks. Uh, you're welcome to check out Laurence dash anez.com forward slash programs and you can click on the link and apply today so i'm super excited for this and i'll be putting more info out there throughout the next few weeks and today our episode is with nick alvary so he's a peak performance coach he's going to be talking about his uh drug and alcohol addiction how he broke free and how he coaches entrepreneurs specifically today to boost their productivity, develop a winning mindset, and change that voice in your head to be able to match your goals and be successful. We'll also be going into his badass morning routine, which is pretty cool. You guys will check it out. And it's going to be a super informative episode with lots of action steps for you to take. So welcome, Nick, to the podcast. Thank you very much for having me. Of course, I'm super excited to get into your story. So you're a peak performance coach who helps people unlock their full potential. So I'm looking forward to diving into that with you, but you've also battled a lot of health struggles and obstacles along the way. So I'd like to hear a little bit about your story and the listeners, um, I think would love to hear that too. So where did you start out and how did it bring you to where you are today? Okay, so... um... There's two stories that run in parallel uh, and they're both intertwined, interlinked. So my dad actually had MS for my entire life and growing up watching him be go from being a very capable, very successful man to not being able to fend for himself and obviously eventually requiring help and actually uh, eventually slips into a coma one Sunday, uh, summer's afternoon, uh, about five years ago now, and, and passed away. And in tandem with that experience of watching my father's health decline and then eventually you know, lose his life to it, I, as part of my mechanism to, do, to cope with the pain of that experience and the experience that my whole family were going through, was actually um, pushed me closer and closer towards addiction to hard drugs and alcohol. And over a 12-year period, I came heavily uh, in, in embroiled in that way of life. So the two things run in tandem. You know, the, the experience of my dad that I love very much, uh, and my escape mechanism was to to use drugs and alcohol to to run away. So 
that's sort of pretty much my journey in a very brief nutshell. Uh, interestingly enough, I had a passion for health and fitness and self-development since I was about 16. So running in tandem with those two stories was this sort of, you know, this sort of complete dramatical sort of comparison, if you like, or um, contrast, if you like, for better want of expression, that I had this, you know, I had this passion and burning desire to be the best version of myself. But with everything that went on in my life and the way that I chose to deal with, you know, to put my head in the sand and, and do drugs and alcohol meant that it was very difficult to be the best version of myself. So I had amassed all this knowledge uh, throughout my life, but only really managed to start implementing it once I had given up drugs and alcohol, which is over six years ago now, and, and, and came that path. And I very much focus on two things with my business these days. So yes, I work with the high achiever, the person that wants to implement the strategies whether that be entrepreneurs or you know people who work for other companies and, and help them implement all the strategies I've learned over the years to really take them to their lives to the next level, whatever that is, whether it's productivity and you know and, and all the lifestyle habits that come with that to give them the most energy to be able to get stuff done. But also, I focus on uh, actually helping. Um, I focus on uh, sort of forty-five-year-old dads who have kids and you know, uh, have lost track of their way when it comes to health and fitness. And actually I help them lose weight, but also build lasting habits and create lifestyle changes, which ultimately drastically move the needle in respects to where they potentially may end up. Because I don't want anyone to have to go through what I went through and my family went through. And, you know, I put my family through with the mechanism I used to deal with it. Uh, so I, you know, actively work with those sorts of people those dads to be able to help them lose the weight but also you know get themselves back on track with health and fitness and, and all the other habits that come with it wow yeah i think that addiction too can come in like obviously so many different forms we all have our coping mechanisms when we go through pain which is interesting it makes sense as you know a human being we try to avoid pain through any means that we can so what does addiction really look like what what's happening in the body Addiction, um, it's a good question. So addiction for me is, is basically doing a habit or an action or something over and over again, but really wanting to stop. So you've got this innate want with inside you to actually stop this whatever the addiction is and it could be drugs could be alcohol could be sugar could be social media there's a whole plethora of options available to us but there's this inability to be able to stop so there's a want to stop of doing a certain thing over and over again but the inability to stop totally makes sense and so why is it so difficult to break these addictive patterns well they're becoming they become ingrained so the the habit loop is ultimately the the way that uh, things you know, become ingrained in us. We, we practice something over again uh, and we get a reward for it and we practice it over and over. I mean, ultimately a habit is just that. It's something we practiced over and over and ultimately it becomes automatic. You know, just like when we first drove a car, for example, it was complicated. There's lots of different levers and things to push and things to think about. But actually after passing a test and you know and doing all the things that you need to do and becoming a you know driving regularly it's all second nature it's all habit to us so it's a sub, almost subconscious automatic programming that's built in and so how do we go about breaking free then what was what did that look like for you was it developing little habits over time or what did you have to really go through to be able to break free from that so 
addiction and habits are closely linked, but they're also slightly different. So a habit of maybe brushing your teeth in the morning is obviously a very different habit to being addicted to, to hard drugs or alcohol. Right. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the main issue with addiction is dealing with the conversations in our head. And what I mean by that is the reason that we, one gets addicted to things usually is from a, something that's happened in their life. So for me, for example, the, you know, one of the major things was obviously what I spoke about with my dad and it's only really dealing with those, those traumas and those experiences and those pain, you know, that pain that we've run away from, do we actually start to get freedom from it? And that comes through therapy that comes through sharing, uh, comes through, uh, you know, the 12 steps, for example, are very effective the first three steps are the only steps that I did, but those first three steps were the very effective to make me really understand that I was powerless and, you know, I needed a new strategy. And so it, yeah, it's really about, um, using using that strategy to be able to help you you know check, get get away from those those habits and it, those addictions and it's it's getting awareness of how bad it was got was for me which was the major the major turning point you know um so does that does that answer your question yeah for sure and i see this also with food addiction it's like um with food addiction it's not about the food right it's really going back to the root cause and the source which is so important that's why um, with dieting or whatever, it never works because you're not addressing the root cause. So it's it's going to be similar with other addictions. But what about what do you think about addictive personalities? Like, do you think that some people are more prone to addiction, or if maybe they get over one addiction, they might find another one? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think we're all different, and I think some people are all the all-in type of personality, which means once they get stuck into something they are you know as this phrase says they're all in but um so i I think yeah that there ultimately are different personalities and just to touch on the sort of going from one addiction to another that's a really common thing to do um to happen for addicts or people that are addicted you know is to switch their drinking habits to say exercise or something along those lines um and ultimately that's not particularly healthy anyway i mean obviously smoking crystal meth or doing going to the gym every day is a two mm-hmm. very different <laughs> different habits and one is obviously much more preferential than the other but there's still the same um still the same sort of feeling and and motivations behind it so for me it was very much about making sure that I dealt with all my addictions, you know, and, and social media was one of them for sure. It's very easily triggered. I don't have Instagram or Facebook on my phone anymore for that reason that, you know, they're, they're designed to be addictive and obviously exercise can be and food and sugar was a big problem for me for a long time. Um, was one of the things that plagued me for, for years after, um, you know, for a good few years after I actually gave up drugs itself because it fires the same chemical, um, same parts of the brain, you know, as, as cocaine and other substances do. So, yeah. And so for you were was it seeking out help that was the first step or Yeah, absolutely. So the, well the first step was awareness of how, you know, how bad it got. So through a conversation uh with the with someone who was leading a, a seminar I was doing at the time actually we you know it became very clear to me that it had got really bad and something needed to change if I wanted to succeed at the level that I wanted to su- to succeed at. And from that conversation, that was the catalyst. And from that conversation allowed me to 
seek the help that I needed. And it was, it was, you know, I was ready for the change, which is a big component of any change, whether it's drug addiction or changing your diet, it's, you've got to be in that place that you want to make the change. Uh, so I was there at that point, I had the conversation. And then from there, I went and sought professional help. Um, and within two weeks, I had, uh, you know, I'd been, my mindset had changed dramatically and I was on a new, a very new path. Wow. And then this journey basically, um, kind of shed light on your passion for helping others. Is that it? Yeah. So as, you know, as I alluded to earlier, I, I've always had this deep down passion since I was about 16. You know, I remember vividly walking through the woods, uh, listening to Tony Robbins's awake, um, awake the giant within, I think it is. I can't remember his first ones. There's a few different ones. Uh, the tapes, you know, listening to his, um, his audio and, and reading those sorts of books and, you know, as I'm an all-in guy, I, I, when I want to research and learn about a subject, I'm, I'm all in. And I watch, you know, watching four-hour seminars on YouTube is, is it's an easy well, sort of uh, yeah. you know, thing for me. That's just sort of the personality I am. So since, since 16 years old, I've, I've demolished book after book and hours of lectures and, you know, audio books and, and whatever medium I could get my hands on that would enable me to learn. Um, you know, if anything from fitness to ha to health, to nutrition, to mindset work, like, you know, all the self-development stuff and everything in between. And so now you basically coach entrepreneurs for the most part. What is the biggest challenge that you see entrepreneurs come to you with? So there's, there's a whole range. I mean, I do work with entrepreneurs. Uh, I split my time sort of pretty much 50, 50 between entrepreneurs and, um, corporate guy, you know, guys and girls as well. But for entrepreneurs, a lot of the time overwhelm is a big problem. So, uh, yeah, entrepreneurship, <laughs> yeah, entrepreneurship's a really wonderful vehicle. And for me, it's one of the most powerful self-development tools that we have because you have to develop yourself first before you can really be successful in business is my belief and there's so much work that needs to be done for some for, for a lot of people some people you know find it quite easy and their skill set lies in there but for other people not so much so overwhelm is a huge part, part of the problem and one of the reasons people get overwhelmed is they don't have a clear strategy and they don't have clarity around the actions that they need to take maybe they haven't got um, either the knowledge or they haven't decided to get a coach or a mentor to be able to help them with the process. So it's, it's the classic example of spinning too many plates in the air. You know, they're trying to focus on way too much, uh, not realizing that actually, you know, the 80, 20 rule dictates that 20% of the actions actually get 80% of the results. So oftentimes you don't even need to be focusing on, you know, a large majority of what you think you should be. If you're, you're better off, way better off focusing on less and getting that done well and then slowly incrementally adding things to your plate as time goes on. So it, it's, it's lack of focus for want of a better expression and it is, uh, you know, lack of clarity around what actually is effective at getting the job done, getting the results that they want. And that stems to everything in life that we, you know, whether it's weight loss or whether it's, um, you know, entrepreneurship. Um, but overwhelm is ultimately lack of clarity and, um, yeah, taking too much on. Yeah, I totally agree. And I still, you know, trying to get through this myself because I'm also the type A who wants to do everything and get it all mm -hmm. done and all of that. So overwhelm is, for sure a big one I think squirrel brain too just being like over the place and just having so many ideas and just yeah not enough time I guess and um, I think also there's a question of lots of entrepreneurs 
when they get to a certain point in their business, they start plateauing, but they're also reluctant to hire out help. But I yeah. think that's also a really big, important factor con to consider. When do you think that's um, kind of the good way to go? Is there like a certain time point or if you reach a certain level? What are your thoughts about that? I think for me, I like to learn all of the systems and processes that the business has. Um, and it obviously depends on business to business. Everyone, everything's different. But for what we do, like, you know, as coaches, I think it's very important to have a good a grounding and understanding of all the aspects of the business. Because if for whatever reason something, you know, someone gets abducted by an alien one day, one of your staff members or, you know, virtual assistants or whatever, you need to have some insight into how that system works. But as you rightly point out, we can, as entrepreneurs, have two things that shiny object syndrome of trying to put take to take too much on at once which leads us to lack of focus and then overwhelm and then also this level of control we require that means that we want to do everything ourselves because we can't believe anyone else can do it better right and all of that does is add to the overwhelm and frustration and just burns us out so when do you get to the point when you can start subbing stuff out when you have, um, I would suggest you have a certain amount of cash flow going through your your business per month. So you've got predictable income stream and then you need to start outsourcing the stuff that isn't useful for you spending your time on. Ultimately, you know, I spend the majority of my time on sales, marketing and coaching my clients. I don't want to be doing anything else. And obviously my podcast is a different entity unto itself, but ultimately I want to be spending 80 to 90% of my time at, as we're in this phase of the business of, you know, of extreme growth. I want to be focusing on those essential items and then getting my assistants to help me with some of the you know, other administrational things. So I think it's very easy to try and jump in. Like there's two approaches. You either take it all on yourself or you try and get someone else to do it too early on. And I think that can be the temptation, especially when you start earning money and having good cash flow, is that you can start to um, you know, try and make everyone else do it for you, but then you lose sight of what's you know, how it all works and you're unnecessarily spending money on things that potentially could be done in-house. Um, so I think you know, every business will, will differ. But ultimately, the simple rule I have, if, you know, if, it's done, if it could be done for like 15 to 20 bucks an hour, something along those lines, then once you've got the income coming in on a steady basis, you should definitely be subbing that out to someone else. Right. And so for people who are just overwhelmed and they can't hire out, what kind of strategy um, do you usually recommend for people? Like, is it writing a list of things that are like money-making activities in the morning or keeping your list to like five items per day? Or like, what kind of um, tips can you give people? Extreme focus. It's always about extreme focus. You know, um, if doing too much is the is like the major problem for entrepreneurs you know especially in a modern environment you think of it you've got facebook linkedin twitter you know all of these different platforms instagram all of them require a huge amount of work and effective strategy which is a core component that's missing from a lot of people's um social media strategies is ha actually having an effective one but if you, if you think of it like you're trying to, you imagine pushing four, five, or six cars, you know, you're trying to push along manually when you're first starting to work, you know, build your business. And each car is a different thing. So one car is a LinkedIn, one car is Facebook, one car is Instagram. But you can only push one of these things at once at a time, right? Because you've only got you who's dealing with a solo entrepreneur. 
all you're doing is moving each of those cars a very small amount of distance, right? And you're then having to stop and then move to another one and push that and move it for a little bit of distance. If you actually decided, actually, do you know what? I'm going to go all in on Instagram and I'm going to leave Facebook and Twitter and all the other social media platforms right now. I've spoken to a coach or someone who's, you know, been there, done that. And they suggest that using Instagram is a really effective tool. Then you're going to get way more traction, way quicker, going to see results or not, or at least have data quicker to say whether it's the right avenue to be going down or not. So ultimately, for me, it's just about laser focus. Say no to loads and do less better. Yep, totally agree. And I think that we have a hard time accepting that. We just want to do it all, right? So it can be hard at the beginning. It's the number one problem. It's it's one of the main problems for entrepreneurs. Look, I've been there. I've been there. I've been, you know, being a go-getting, you know, type A personality myself. I want to do everything all at once. And it's like, yeah, of course I can. I can do this. Look, and we'll, we'll get the Facebook thing going. I can spend a few bit, you know, an hour here. I can get this going, Instagram. But ultimately, as I say, you spread yourself way too thin. And it's only when you actually do try it for yourself and <clears throat> get a strategy around one platform or one system or a few, you know, a couple, two or three, and actually run with it properly and give it the attention it needs and it makes the biggest difference. But ultimately, again, this comes back to why, you know, I've spent £20,000 over the last sort of few months myself on coaches, people that are, you know, light years ahead of where I am with my business and, you know, have already achieved the goals that I want. Because you know, oftentimes we think that, you know, the majority of businesses out there for entrepreneurs aren't brand new groundbreaking ideas, right? They're just mm-hmm. not. Like we're not Elon. There aren't millions of Elon, Elon Musk's trying to create something, you know, incredible from scratch that's, you know, no one's ever thought of doing before. Right. We're all creating or most of us are creating things that have already existed for decades, if not more. Right. So it stands to reason with that logic that there are a plethora of people out there who have done, been there, done that, got the T-shirt and been very successful. So why not, instead of learning from our own mistakes, which is the classic cliche, and yes, there's value from learning from your own mistakes, but I much prefer to learn from other people's and accelerate my, my level of, um, of growth uh, way quicker than I would if I'd gone, out, gone at it on my own. Yeah, you'll avoid so many mistakes if you do that, and then you'll be able to push the car a lot faster, right? So I totally agree exactly. with that. Um, and you were mentioning about personal development, especially when it comes to entrepreneurship. I totally agree with this. Um, it's really important to work on that as well. Mm. So what does a winning mindset look like to you? Um, and that could be like with entrepreneurship or in life as, in general. Because um, I know for me, I had no idea that my mindset was m- sabotaging me, not just mm. in business, but like in all areas of my life. Yeah. So how would you describe like a winning mindset? So the first of the, the basic foundation is the Dr. Carol Dweck's idea of a fixed versus um, growth mindset. And the idea is simply, if you think you can do it, you will. And if you think you can't, you won't. It's the simplest way to describe it. So if we have the mentality of, well, I'm only good at X, Y, Z, and I can't possibly learn how to do, you know, ABC to get where I want to go, then you're always going to be fixed in that way of thinking. Whereas a growth mindset is of the idea that, you know, you can do whatever it takes and learn and become good at or, you know, learn the skills needed to progress yourself. So you've always got to start from that platform. The next key thing is, is dealing with the conversations in our head. And this is something that so many people struggle with. And I did for years and years and years. 
You know, it's these past trauma, traumatic events that we've had in our life that need to be dug up, examined with professional help, not someone like me, but actual therapist. And, you know, actually dig into why those things have happened, what they do, and give clarity around how they're currently affecting. Because our, far, our past affects our current, our current uh, experience if we let it, right? And we have all these stories in our heads about what, whether we're good enough or not. And all of those usually come from a point in our past, right, when we're younger. So dealing with all of that stuff in, a, in an effective way um, means that you can actually dig that stuff up and put it to rest. So the conversations in your head are way less, way less offensive. I mean, it's, you know, the conversations, the things we say in our, to ourselves, if we had a best friend saying some of the stuff that we told ourselves, they wouldn't be our best friend for very long right it's incredible what we what we say to ourselves so dealing with the past getting help on that having a fixed my sorry a growth mindset and then also how you talk to yourself is critical like it's amazing what things i used to say to myself and and so many people do i'm sure there are you know plenty of people listening to this podcast that can um you know can can um agree that the conversations in their head sometimes are just the most horrific things ever so it's got to be very very careful about how you talk to yourself because your self-conscious is always listening and if you keep telling yourself over and over and over again something like you know something negative then your subconscious starts to believe it and it becomes you know you, you who you are I think also with mindset, strangely, it's who you spend time with as well actually really affects the mindset you have because you think of it this way. If you spend a lot of your time with drug addicts and alcoholics, the likelihood of you doing drugs and drinking more is probably very high, right? You may not become a full-blown addict or alcoholic, but you are most certainly going to be drinking more and you know potentially doing drugs and all those sorts of things that come with it. Whereas if you spend the majority of your time with people that are going out there and being successful within their business or you know going out there and 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 being successful with their health or you know whatever whatever it is, then it's a um it's a very different environment that you're you're surrounding yourself with, and there's a you know a, an a osmosis effect, if you like, that rubs off on us. So, it's how we think, how we talk to ourselves, getting rid of the past experiences, and then being very critical, very mindful of your environment, both physically and you know who you spend time with. Just going to interrupt this episode to talk about superfoods that boost your productivity, focus, and energy without having to you know, reach for the Red Bull are five cups of coffee. And that is Four Sigmatic adaptogens and mushrooms. So adaptogens and mushrooms have really, really boosted my energy levels throughout the day. They also helped with my sleep. I used to be a chronic insomniac and just riddled by stress all the time, not able to concentrate, really poor focus and brain fog. And this really helped alleviate that as well as help balance out my hormones, especially with PCOS. But a lot of hormonal balance is going on. So these are definitely something that I implement every day now and I've seen a huge change. And Four Sigmatic has some amazing blends that are so yummy. For instance, they have coffee blends, matcha blends, chai lattes, um, and there are these little packets that are super cute. They have different uh, adaptogens and mushrooms depending on if you want to be more energized or if you want to you know, go to sleep and be more relaxed. They have literally every type of blend that you would want. 
and they are super cute. They are really easy to just add into a hot or cold drink and they're so, so delicious. So it's great alternative to coffee. They have some coffee blends that won't give you that like jitteriness and it'll keep you more stable blood sugar and energy throughout the day. So if you guys want to try it out, they do have some great holiday savings throughout the holiday season. But you can also get 10% off with code Laurent. So it's a great time to try it out. So just apply the code Laurence, L-A-U-R-E-N-C-E at checkout and you'll get 10% off extra. Okay, let's get back to the episode. So what would you say successful people do that unsuccessful people don't? So a lot of what I've just said, um, successful people surround themselves with other successful people. That's why I fly halfway around the world. Uh, I recently went to Craig Ballantyne's Perfect Life Retreat and interviewed Bedros Kudian for the podcast. And, you know, I use my podcast to very much spend time with, you know, very successful people from world champion boxers to CEOs that built, you know, large empires and, and, and going to events where I know that they're going to be similar people, either on the same, you know, same part of, uh, part of life as I am, like the same level as life as I am, or have, you know, exceeded the results that I want or got the results I want already. So, uh, I think that for me is the, one of the most important things who you spend time with is absolutely critical. And it's something we don't really take consideration of. When I gave up drugs and alcohol, I actually, you know, dr- drastically changed my peer group. You know, I really made a big effort to stop seeing certain people and start spending myself, my time with other sorts of people. Uh, and so that, that for me is the number one factor. You've got to spend your time with people that are you know supportive don't take you know your 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 crap right who actually won't stand for you being you know sort of yeah you you being weak or whatever it is you want to however you want to describe it but also there to to believe in you and support you right that's super critical i'm part of three mastermind groups we speak on a regular basis on a weekly basis uh and on a daily basis with one of those i have two coaches um because I ultimately have seen a quantum seen a quantum leap in performance and results within my business and my personal life by utilizing good coaches because there's lots of coaches out there and <laughs> they're not all uh, they're not all great um, so yeah surrounding yourself with those sorts of people I think is is absolutely number one and if you did that alone and did nothing else, your life would dramatically change for the good totally agree with you yeah definitely developing a tribe that wants you to grow and that's also a step ahead of you. I think that's super, super important. So you stay motivated and inspired and people can kind of, you know, kick your ass when you need it. Um, Another thing I wanted to get into, we did mention, of course, different strategies and productivity as an entrepreneur, but I think a lot of entrepreneurs, especially at the beginning, tend to get unmotivated at certain points because obviously it's not always easy, especially at the beginning stages. We want to throw in a towel So do you have any strategic action tips or any advice for people who want to accomplish their goals, but have trouble staying motivated or like keeping their eye on the prize? Yeah. So you need to know why you're doing things. Like for me, it's super easy because, you know, with a lot of the the majority of the work I do is, is, as I say, is helping, um, you know, 45 year old men or thereabouts really, change their lifestyle habits in a way that dramatically reduces their chance of getting anything like my dad did. Right. 
So when I have sales conversations like I do pretty much every day with potential new clients, uh, it's super straightforward. Like, this is who I can help. This is how I can help you. And this is why I'm doing it. And it, your level of motivation goes through the roof. I've, you know, I've run businesses before which have been unsuccessful. And one of the core reasons that they've been unsuccessful is I didn't have a powerful why. I was just doing it for the money. As soon as you start going for the money, then you're going to find it very difficult when the times get tough to motivate yourself, especially when you don't have the money if you're starting out you know, and you're finding cash flow a difficult, difficult thing. So getting really clear on doing something that you're passionate about and that is steeped in a very powerful why is critical. Um, the next thing is the strategy. As I say, you need to surround yourself with mentors and people that have already got the results because you know, you could be going out there and, and selling a widget of some description, but if you have a, 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 an ineffective strategy around selling that widget, you're probably not going to sell many. So the momentum of, you know, the, the momentum you're going to gain from that is going to be virtually zero and you're going to lose um, confidence in your ability to sell and all these other things. So as I say, most people aren't trying to reinvent the wheel or try and create something from new. There are people out there who've already done very successfully what you want to achieve. So get their help, you know, and I know we don't always have the money initially to spend thousands of pounds on mentors. I know I didn't originally, but we have books, we have audio books, we have webinars, we have YouTube, we have all these resources, events and seminars, all these resources at our disposal. Um, and I think for when you when it comes to choosing a mentor or a coach, and said there are lots of them out there, most of them are not so good. Um, get get referrals. Get you know speak to people that have actually used these coaches before and have got great good results for them, the same results that you want. And do your due diligence. Don't just spend money on people, um, you know, just for the sake of it. So yeah, strategy having mentors um, are, are critical, absolutely critical for the process. Love it. And I have one more question for you, Nick. So do you have a morning routine? Hell yeah. You're going to love this. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> Mine's a little bit different to most people. Um, and it will come, it'll be depending on what my goal is at the moment. So my goal at the moment is to drop back below sub um, 8% body fat and get lean for Christmas because everyone else is going to be getting, uh, putting weight on. And obviously yeah. a big part of what I do is lose weight. So I want to make sure I'm a shining example of what's possible. So, Wake up time um, at the moment is anywhere between 5 and 5.30. And I say that because I use uh, an app called Sleep Cycle, which basically um, is an app on your phone. It monitors your sleep and it wakes you up between a half an hour period at the top of your sleep cycle. So instead of waking up at 5.30 at your alarm, when you could be drowsy or awake, it gives you a much dramatically increases your odds of waking up refreshed okay so oh. it could it could wake me up at five it could be waking me up at half five or any, anywhere in between it's a really good app for anyone that um you know wants to wake up at a certain time so i wake up around that time and then uh, the first 20 minutes is three rounds of wim hof breathing which is a breath breath work technique a lot of people have heard of these days yeah. and um and then the re is the whole thing is 20 minutes so it's three rounds of wim hof breathing and the rest of the 20 minutes is just basic meditation thinking um focusing on my breath that's simply it and then uh i do some work for an hour and it's the most critical most important thing that i've got focusing on at the moment because that time of the morning no one rings you no one bothers you like most people aren't awake um so it's a really good time to get some deep work and focus work done 
Um, then I go for a 20 minute walk, uh, wearing just a t-shirt, shorts and shoes, obviously. But the idea is to be cold because we're, you know, it's getting fairly chilly in England. It's about sort of anywhere between five and eight degrees in the morning centigrade. Um, but there's, there's a multiple reason for it. It's a very effective way of stripping body fat. Um, it's a very effective way of, um, heightening your immune system. There's a whole plethora of benefits from it. It produces brown fat which is um, the opposite to white fat, like the ugly fat that we don't want around our belly that a lot of us get. Um, but it, the brown fat basically helps us produce heat and just makes us hardier to those sorts of conditions. So every winter I do a lot of this sort of stuff. Uh, 20 minutes of that, listening to a podcast, and then I actually have a five-minute cold shower, which will probably shock most people and think, ugh, can't possibly do that. Um, but a five-minute cold shower after a 20-minute cold walk is actually not that difficult. Um, you obviously build up to it. And anyone listening to this, please don't do any of these cold uh thermogenesis exposure type training unless um you, you do speak to an expert and your doctor especially if you've got any form of condition whatsoever because you know it is exposing yourself to potentially dangerous things uh and you know with the cold water exposure you just build up you don't just do five minutes straight away you start off with a warm shower and then finish it with cold water and then eventually you get to a five minute cold shower and again very very effective at burning body fat i've dropped um two percent body fat in the last just over a week and a bit you wow. know which is which is pretty quick. Um, uh, so once I've done that, then it's just really cracking on with the day. Um, I am intermittent fasting at the moment, so I don't eat for 16 hours. So once I wake up, I don't. I typically don't eat until 12 o'clock. Um, so it depends on when I finished my dinner last night, the night before. Um, which uh, on average, I think I'm reaching about 18. I have a lap called zero to track it, but it's about just under 18 hours of fasting a day, which is two things is good for fat loss and is uh, good for energy and digestion and all these other things, but it's also good for autophagy when you get to sort of 80, 17 and 18 hours. Um, autophagy is a process you're probably familiar with, but it's a process for cleaning cells and just generally sort of giving the body a bit of a rest and cleaning up um, any sort of debris and cells and toxins from the body. It's a really effective way of um, yeah, keeping us healthy. Uh, again, intermittent fasting, not for everyone. If you're diabetic or if you've got any issues, then um, do speak to the doctor before. It just works very well for me. And I train in the morning as well. I train fasted at the moment. So I actually train seven days a week at the moment, um, which works for me because I understand the, the need for sleep, recovery and rest. And most people shouldn't train seven days a week. In fact, most people shouldn't train even one or two days a week with the acute amount of stress and uh, you know, bad quality of sleep that most people have these days. But if you're getting good recovery and you're sleeping properly and your, you know, your stress levels are very low, like mine are, then you can see great benefits from that level of training. And obviously, genetics plays a part. So that's pretty much my morning routine. Wow, love it. There's a lot of stuff I haven't heard before, and the cold one definitely speaks to me. But I hate the cold pretty much. I just like, yeah, I, I am just so bad with it, but I do want to start doing the showers with like ending with some cold water. Yeah. So I just aim I... for like aim for five seconds initially uh, yeah. and just try that for a week and then step it up, um, you know, to 10 seconds for a week and you just gradually grow it up. There's two things I actually forgot to mention. I'm just sitting in my office now while we're recording this. I um, do a lot with red light as well. So yeah. I use um, infrared bulbs uh, behind me actually when I'm sat at my desk. Um, and I have a sad light, you know, these sort of bright white lights. Yep. So 
from the morning when the sun comes up till midday I have that on my desk as well because I'm very very conscious and I'm sat here wearing my blue blocking red lens glasses right now yeah um, I'm very very conscious of of light because it affects our hormones and it's a huge point um, for helping to lose weight and all sorts of other health things as well do you use the red light just at night or no so I actually use um I'm a bit of a strange character in a lot of ways. Um, so I actually have a desk which uh, goes up and down. Sometimes I stand, sometimes I sit. And when I sit, I sit on a Swiss ball. Um, and I actually sit most of the time with my uh, T-shirt off. And I have two red lights behind me because I'm actually um, putting infrared light onto the back of in the heat lamp. So heating up my back. Because I do have, um, around my thoracic spine, I do have two bits of mus- uh, muscular structures which are quite tight. So they sort of loosen that up and I can do stretches during the day and it's, it's helping massively for that. Um, but I will be getting a juve style light if anyone's heard of those, which is sort of infrared led lights, which are um, very good at powering up your mitochondria and helping for skin as well. So me, for me, light is a huge, huge thing that most people don't really think about. Um, but when you do your research around how mitochondria are affected with light and how your hormone, hormetic system is affected by light, um, you start to take it very seriously. Yeah, I love all these hacks. We literally could talk about this forever. And there's like so many things to think about, but I love it. So thanks for sharing that. And um, to finish off, I just like to hear about what you're doing right now. If you have any programs or any events you want to put out there, um, let us know where we can find you, etc. Yeah, okay. So um, say the two arms of my business are this, you know, high performers, people that are by hacking geeks like me who want to take it to the next level and want to learn all the stuff that I do and you know learn about the lifestyle hacks then I work with those people on a sort of one-to-one coaching basis and then my pet project to say is helping people that are you know usually one to two stone overweight I don't know what that is in kilograms but you know usually a fairly large amount overweight and not happy with how they are and you know, potentially have some, uh, you know, if they carry on that way, you're going to have potential health issues. So I help, you know, focusing on the people like my dad, you know, sort of 45 year old men who are, have lost touch with their, their weight and their health and really need to be able to, you know, need the help to bring back so they can actually be around for their kids and in a healthy manner and watch them grow up and have all the experiences that every, you know, every father should be able to have. So um, really that, that's my main focus, you know, we're coming to the new year now and um, I could put a message out on social on, on LinkedIn today actually. Um, you know, we, we subscribe to this old model of changing habits which actually has a success rate of only 8%, you know, 8% of people that actually go ahead and do a new year's resolution actually see it through to a lasting change. So I want to be the shining light that shows the difference for people. So if there are anyone, you know, if there's is anyone that's listening that does want to lose weight uh, in the new year and actually do it in a way that means you're going to have lasting habits and learn all the things that I teach and some of the, a lot of the biohacking stuff but a lot of the basics as well then um, yeah just reach out and get in touch for sure. Love it thank you so much for sharing and for all of your wisdom and knowledge you shared with us today I will definitely put all of the links uh, that you shared with the episode and thank you again for coming on. Oh, you're very welcome Lawrence thank you for having me.